Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, I can't believe it, but it's time for our fall preview issue, and the shows have some huge stuff planned. So Bold and Beautiful is about to embark on a controversial tale with Quinn, Carter, and Eric, something executive producer, head writer Bradley Bell tells me has never been done before in daytime. Uh, over at Days of Our Lives, John and Marlena, as well as Doug and Julie, will have big stories, which should be welcome news for longtime fans. On uh, General Hospital, Jason and Carly will prepare to marry, but will Sunny get back in time? Uh, and over on Young and the Restless, we can confirm that Summer and Kyle will make a visit, and Jack will come to terms with his feelings for Phyllis. If you ask me, it all sounds pretty juicy. Well, sign me up for a big Jarlena story. Uh, I, I love how solidly married they are and everything, and I'm not saying I want them to face some sort of huge obstacle to their relationship, but it feels like it's been a while since they've been properly front and center, right? And, and so many stories that are near and dear to the heart of Days fans have John and Marlena as central figures. So I'm looking forward to that, and I am definitely excited to see the climax of the Nixon Falls story play out against uh, Jason and Carly's rapidly approaching wedding date. And I think we got a pretty good sense this week on GH about another yarn that is poised to blossom into a big story, which came courtesy of the reveal that Victor Cassadine is alive, as we saw Charles Shaughnessy make his debut in that role. So he has spent the majority of his time on soaps as good guy ISA agent Shane Donovan on days. So I think it's going to be really fun to see him sink his teeth into the kind of guy that would be pursued by the ISA, not one of its agents. Although Victor was the head of the Port Charles equivalent of the ISA WSB, but we know that the agency was not above board during his reign. Indeed. I'm actually really excited that he is going to be on GH and that we get to see him. And not that I don't love Shane, I do, but just to see him in another role is going to be like a real treat. 
Now, we also spoke to Sean Carrigan, who wrapped his run as Young and the Restless as Stitch. Now, I have to admit that I was surprised that Stitch turned out to be Mariah's kidnapper, and then maybe I felt a little dumb about it, because like I didn't <laughs> see it coming until it was suggested. I think I saw it online, or maybe Devin Owens or Y&R editor said it to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, of course. But um, you know, based on the interview, Sean was super psyched to play it out. He said that he felt the scenes in his last two episodes are some of the best writing that's ever been done for his character which I think is great for him to at least, you know, feel that there was something there because the character had done such a 180. Right. Um, I mean, I personally was bummed because I thought it was nice to have him back in Abby's orbit, and I thought it was, a, you know, a good surprising comeback and wish it could have turned into more. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I did an interview for the new issue that I'm really excited for fans to read, which was with Wally Kurth on the occasion of his 30th anniversary uh, of the debut of his Ned on GH. So I did it in the form of giving him 30 names who factored into his Port Charles journey from Jane Elliott, who played his mom, all the way to Lisa LeCicero, who is now Mrs. Ned. And I, I know Wally pretty well, but I learned things about him that I never knew over the course of this conversation. And he just told such great stories and really painted a picture of all the different eras of Ned's life and his perspective on them now. Uh, I really can't believe that it was 30 years ago that he first took over as Ned because I honestly do remember his very first episode. I was like, oh my God, it's Justin Kiriakis. Uh, <laughs> But I'm so glad that he's still on GH and still on Days, and I hope we will see Justin and Ned for another 30 years. Oh, of course. Me too. Well, one of the biggest stories that we've been talking about is the Days of Our Lives Beyond Salem um, miniseries that's coming to Peacock mm -hmm. on September 6th, Monday. Uh, we have talked about it for weeks, and in our new issue, uh, we have a preview. I spoke to a bunch of the actors. Uh, so we're looking at a five episode series. It's going to be an action adventure story that sounds like a bit like the 80s and 90s stories of yore. We're going to see a bunch of fan faves return, including Charles Shaughnessy, who you just mentioned. Uh, he will reprise the role of Shane. We'll see Lisa Rinna as Billy, Chandler Massey as Will, Austin Peck as Austin, and our guest today, Christy Clark, who will be playing Carrie once again. Uh, now, Christy started on Days when she was a young girl. It was 35 years ago, which is crazy to say. And now in real life, she's a mother of three of them. So let's get her on the line and talk to her about her return to Salem and life in general. Hi, Christy. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm, I'm hanging in there. It's almost the start of school over here in beautiful England, so I'm very excited about that. I bet. <laughs> Well, we are so excited you made time for us today. Obviously, Beyond Salem is coming out uh, on the 6th, so we wanted to talk yeah. to you about coming back to Days, but first we're going to take a little look back. Um, so you were born in Orange County, California, not too far from Hollywood. So were your parents connected to the entertainment industry at all, or how did you get into it? Um, I always used to perform for my family. If it was Christmas or a birthday, I'd, I'd do imitate Michael Jackson or Marilyn Monroe or you know, just pretend constantly with my neighbors. And um, I did a talent show and my mom's friend who had an agent came and said, you should really meet my agents. It seems like she really likes it. And I was like, yes, please, 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 mom. And so I talked my mom into taking me to meet the agents. And from there, just started auditioning and getting parts. Um, did a lot of movies and TV shows, commercials, and then landed Days of Our Lives fairly quickly and maybe two years into working or acting and 
then I've been on there <laughs> ever since, which is 1986. And it's, you know, such a consistent good job for an actor that it's easy to stay there mm -hmm. and yeah. just continue on that path because it's a beautiful middle ground of a little bit of celebrity. And then sometimes people don't know who you are. <laughs> it's, it's a nice middle ground and consistent paycheck and it's a good spot to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, one job that was prior to Days of Our Lives that I would love to hear what you remember about your experience of shooting was the role of Angela in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Mm, yes, well, I think I must have been 11 just before Days and they wouldn't let me meet Robert England, which I'm pleased about now. Because <laughs> uh, I did actually watch the film while I was auditioning for it. And man, that's a scary movie. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one anyway. And so was the second. Um, definitely had nightmares when I was filming it. I think I got the role because I could scream in a very high-pitched tone. <laughs> um, I remember them being floored by my scream and getting the call fairly quickly that I had the role. Um, it was just such fun and working with Hope Lang and uh, my brother, I forget his name now, but um, yeah, it was just tons of fun to be in Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. But scary, scary and definitely gave me nightmares just because I, had to, I wanted to watch the film before doing it and mm -hmm. yeah. I had Freddy Krueger dreams, that's for sure. <laughs> and special skills screaming to add to your resume. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> now, before you joined Days in 86, you did have some awareness of soap operas. You and your mom watched General Hospital. So do you have any favorite characters or couples um, as a GH viewer? Yeah, I mean, I was obviously in school, so I didn't get to watch it that much unless I was homesick. But my mom was properly addicted, um, Luke and Laura were on at the time. I think most of America was watching during that time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, Jeannie Francis and Tony Gary obviously were was big fans and Fiona Hughes and um, Kimberly McCullough was on back then, was she? Yeah, I yeah. think so. She was on before I was, yeah. Um, yeah, so massive fans of Luke and Laura like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then I got to work with Jeannie because she was on Days of Our Lives and that was just my mom and I were, you know, just agog. <laughs> just very excited. <laughs> um, I think it took me a while to not be super excited to do any scenes with her. But mm -hmm. she was an absolute doll, so it was easy. And she calmed me down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what you remember about the whole process of getting cast as Carrie. Hmm. Well, I remember it was at Sunset Gower Studios, and I think I went about four rounds of auditions, and I just really wanted that role. I think so much because of General Hospital and my mom, how much she was into the stories and, you know, just watching it. Um, so I think that's why I was desperate to get that, that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now, what are your earliest memories of being on set? Um, some of my earliest memories, obviously I worked with Drake quite a bit and he just was so good with kids, particularly me. We worked together all the time. We had a real connection. He would, you know, just make me cry. I just believe that he was my, my dad. He just 
he, he opened his heart and I, he's just so wonderful and he's a good storyteller and I just loved being with him and we played practical jokes on each other all the time, probably one a week, you know, and it was really um, kitty humor. It was like fake poos hidden in the dressing room <laughs> with fart spray or something, really <laughs> silly, silly stuff, toilet humor that, you know, kids like, and he was, he was all over it. <laughs> um, so sweet. Yeah. So I have a very strong connection with Drake. And then Deidre was very professional and, um, she taught me so much and we're very close now. I think she, cause we, she kind of came in and then she left and then she came in and she went to our house. Um, and we, we talk a lot now, Deidre and I do, but we didn't have that connection cause she was kind of going all over the place then, mm -hmm. but she professionally taught me a lot then. Um, outside of Drake and Deirdre, are there any people that you would name as mentors to you or good influences on you as you were you know, a novice in the soap world? Yeah, well, Jeannie Francis definitely was. Amy Yazbek was. She, um, I keep in contact with her. Um, I guess a lot of Drake's girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. there were. When yeah, that, were. That, that's when D was away. There was a lot of, you know, ladies that came to visit John or <laughs> Roman, whoever he was at the time. Um, and then I've always looked up to Lauren Coslow. Mm -hmm. And I always said I was a mix of Judy Evans and um, Missy Reeves, kind of naughty and nice. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of both. Missy's obviously the good, good girl and Judy's a little bit naughty. Yeah. So I've inherited, I've inherited that from them. <laughs> Very nice. Um, was there anyone yeah. who intimidated you when you were younger and just starting out there? I think Joe Mascola a little bit just because of his voice and he would he didn't talk like that like Stefano but he walked onto the set and he talked like that and he was so massive and tall and I don't know just powerful. I think yeah. I was a bit intimidated by him slightly. <laughs> he intimidated me when I started working. Yeah, yes. I mean, and he was like the biggest teddy bear. an absolute sweetheart. But yeah, yeah. But he made me nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were as Carrie, the flower girl at so many iconic days, super couple weddings. John and Marlena back when he was still Roman. Kim and Shane. Mm. Steve and Kayla on the yacht, Steve and Kayla off the yacht. Do you have specific memories of that experience and those days of work and those dresses? Yeah, I do. Um, I remember almost fainting a, a lot because we used to be on set. Like for those weddings, they just took probably six hours to film. Back in the day when they were all fresh flowers and everybody was dressed to the nines. Because um, you kind of, buckle your your knees and it was so hot on set <laughs> you'd almost pass out I remember that I remember Stephen Kayla's uh wedding was on a boat and that was a nice change of pace mm -hmm. but those dresses and getting your hair done I mean I'm a sucker for the wardrobe and the hair and the makeup um it's a big part of saying yes to the job at any time because it's so much fun and it's funny because I feel like all girls want to be flower girls and then you got to do it multiple times, yeah. you know? Multiple, multiple times, mostly on 
in TV land. And then people started asking me that we're part of the crew. So <laughs> I don't know if they thought, oh yeah, she looks good. All the, all the makeup, the head, head yeah, of makeup yeah. had me in her wedding and yeah, it just funny. kind of trickled over. You gave Good Flower Girl another yeah. special skill. It could have been a, a side <laughs> hustle. My resume is massive. Yes. Um, now, what was it like for you to have a job while also attending school? And what kind of response did you get from your peers? Hmm. It was a mixed bag. Um, a lot of people assumed that I would be stuck up. Or if I wasn't taking drama, they'd be like, oh, she thinks she's too good. But I was just kind of petrified to do it in front of my peers. It's fine on set, and the camera. That's that's all all okay. But to do it in front of friends or people that might judge, I don't know. That that scared me. Um, yeah, it was just some people were really nice about it. Some people were impressed by it. Some people were like, eh, "I'm just gonna ignore her," you know. Um, but it was tons of fun for me just to go up and work and pretend and then have real life of school mm -hmm. yeah so you mentioned how lovely Jeannie was yeah and how much she put you at ease but I'm wondering because she had the experience of starting on a soap opera very young as well if mm -hmm. there was anything that uh, you feel that she was able to pass along to you about handling that and uh, adjusting to that she definitely said to me that she felt she missed out on not finishing school. Mm -hmm. And so I had to be in my bonnet after she told me that, that I must go back to school. Cause there was, I started high school freshman year, went that whole year, then was away sophomore and junior year. And then I, I decided that I had to go back for senior year because of Jeannie Francis and what she said. Wow. Um, and I'm glad she shared that with me because it was important to not miss out on those informative years and be part of the socialization and all that. Now, in what was a very dark day for Days fans, you were let go from the role of Carrie in 1990 on your 17th birthday, no less, because the show wanted to age the character. So oh, yeah. what do you remember about getting the news and how did you react? Hmm. I remember being, it was my birthday. You know, I take birthdays pretty seriously just because I was raised that way. Um, and so I was very excited. It was my birthday. And then getting the call to go upstairs and finding out that news was uh, a devastating blow, really. It was not a, uh, a popular decision. You know, the, the day's audience was really attached to you and very upset about uh, Carrie being recast. Um, were you aware at all of what an impact it made on the audience and what kind of outcry there was like before Twitter was even a twinkle. Did you have a yes. sense that the audience was really team Christy Clark, if you will? No, no idea. Other than maybe uh, uh, we were friends with a few fans, but they were diehard Drake and Carrie fans. And, you know, we, we used to go to days of our lives, baseball, softball games all the time. And so I had an inkling from them, but that was it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the show obviously yeah, saw the error of its ways. You ultimately reclaimed the role of Carrie in 1992. So how did your return come about? Oh, it, that was a strange one. They, um, they called and said, we'd like to have you audition for a different role. And I was like, what? Okay. Um, that's interesting. Well, I'll, I'll go in and see what this is about. And 
Tracy Mindendorf was there and Patrick Muldoon was there. Um, and I met them. And I just, it was a different character name. And, but, you know, they do weird things on soap. Sometimes they have, like, Josh Taylor was Roman. He was Chris Kostacek. So I thought, okay, maybe. <laughs> um, and at that point, I, I think I just graduated high school and I was attending um, college nearby doing, you know, theatrical makeup and things, <laughs> fun things. <laughs> um, and obviously missed working. And um, so I went and auditioned and had a scene with Patrick. And then they said, actually, it's for Carrie. And so they were just, you know, pulling a quick one. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they wanted to see so if you was, could still be Carrie. <laughs> right. I think they wanted to see if the chemistry was mm -hmm. there with Patrick. And now that I was legally 18, I could do kind of passionate scenes. Mm -hmm. That's, I think it was just to make sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, one big change at days in, uh, the, the time that you had left and returned is that Wayne Northrup was now Roman again and Drake had made the transition to John. So tell us about your relationship with Wayne. Uh, well, I, I had seen Wayne, you know, obviously on the show from watching previously, but um, he is hysterical. I don't know if you've met him. He also is a storyteller and he's really good at improvising. He doesn't, he's not serious. He's making jokes up until they say five, four, three, two, and record. And you're like, oh, oh, you just, you just made me laugh. And yeah, so you have to start again. He was fabulous, absolute gem. Mm -hmm. He's um, another like known practical joker. You know, if you had to rank him against Drake, what what do you think? Well, they're that? just different. They're <laughs> different. Drake is likes to tell real stories, and he remembers every single detail about everything. And Wayne just likes to crack you up. Mm -hmm. And Drake, you know, will pull the practical jokes, but uh, Wayne is just, he has that comedic timing. So they're mm -hmm. different in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Carrie's storyline really got going once you were back in the role. Patrick Muldoon began as Austin in 1992, and in 1993, Brian DeTillo and Allison Sweeney were cast as Lucas and Sammy, and an yeah. iconic quadrangle was born. Now, you actually knew Brian from having run into him at auditions when you were like eight years old, right? So did you remember yeah. each other when you saw each other? Yeah, absolutely. I had a crush on Brian DeTillo, because uh, yeah, I think I just like that tall, well, no, he wasn't tall. Uh, dark. He's because <laughs> he's still not tall, but he's he's handsome <laughs> and dark. Mm -hmm. Two out of three ain't bad, as they say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I had a crush on him, seeing him at auditions, and so when he auditioned, I was like, pick that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they did. He's also he falls into a comedic gem. He is hysterical. Hysterical. Mm -hmm. he is. I love working with funny men. It's so refreshing. Brian makes me laugh. I mean, all yeah. the oh. time. We used and to joke Allie. that, um, yeah, that uh, he was like the center square in Hollywood Squares for like Roundup in the magazine because he always gave the funniest answers. We're like, we can have him every week. Absolutely. <laughs> Doing interviews with him or Patrick Muldoon, I just know that I can sit back and giggle <laughs> because they'll just take the show away and I can just breeze through the interview no problem. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you think of it as a happy time in your day's life? You know, the birth of uh, Carrie and Austin and the development of the Sammy Carrie rivalry and, and so forth. A happy time? Yeah, I do. I mean, it was um, Patrick. I think we all had a crush on Patrick Muldoon. I I think he had a lot, according to Lisa Renna, there was a lot of people (laughs) sleeping with him during that time. And I think Denise Denise Richards also clarified that. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was involved too. Yeah. Yeah. I think Patrick was enjoying the fact that all the ladies liked him. Uh And um, so that was easy and happy. And we hit it off and we're still best of friends. I talked to him last week and... um, yeah, so it was very happy times, and it was the kind of birth of me moving out of Orange County and moving to L.A., and there was a ton of us actors. We all lived at the same apartment complex. It was called Park Point, uh, and I can't, I mean, it was Mario Lopez, Jennifer Love Hewitt, it was Brent Gore, Michael Cade, Patrick Muldoon, myself, oh, wow. a, whole bunch, a whole bunch of people all at the same time. It was just kind of our college days, I would say. Mm-hmm. So it was absolutely tons of fun. Wow, it sounds at Melrose Place, but real life. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. Yep. Yep. Um, well, what was it like for you to have Patrick as your first leading man and then he left and Austin Peck came in as Austin? Um, well, Patrick and I had, we're both Irish. I and my mom's O'Connor. We just hit it off like in a in a massive way and like I said we still have a deep connection and we'll love each other forever and um you know, I was definitely sad when I heard he was leaving and but I understood because people I think the spellings were pulling him to Melrose Place and you know he was getting offers left right and center and so I was devastated but then it was really exciting to kind of be in the lead and audition all these new guys and Austin was incredibly gorgeous um and yeah and then we started working and we hit it off too Mm -hmm. um I think he was fresh off the boat and maybe one of his first acting gigs whereas Patrick you know had he was Patrick taught me a lot and I think I was kind of teaching Austin a little bit Mm -hmm. um so that was kind of fun to have the roles reversed a little yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your relationship with Allie Sweeney back then. Well, Allie Sweeney and I back then. So Allie was, um, she was very academic and I was more of a, not a party girl, but just a little bit of enjoying the Hollywood nightlife. And Allie was, let's put it this way. We would be in the makeup room and Allie would want to listen to Bach and Mozart, and I would want to listen to Tribe Called Quest. (laughs) So sometimes we would butt heads a little bit about what we were going to play in the radio, you know, on the radio in the makeup room. Um, And I remember her saying, if you listen to Mozart, you know, it elevates your mind. And (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we always had that sister thing. And she is Irish as well. She fell into the Brady Muldoon O'Connor thing really easily mm-hmm. um and I've always felt like Sammy is yeah well I, I I'm not gonna say that Sammy mm-hmm. I, is very similar to my sister back in the day mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that 
but <laughs> both both Sammy and my sister have grown up a lot. I heard all about your sister switching those paternity test results. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it is weird when I was, you know, obviously I've had three babies and I would wake up sometimes going, I'm so glad Tom is the father. <laughs> you know, just that's growing up on a soap opera really messes with your head. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Well, in 1997, Carrie and Austin finally made it to the altar, but not before Carrie got to bust up Sammy's wedding to Austin, expose Sammy for her manipulations, and slap her across the face in one of the great interrupted weddings and moments in soap history. So what do you remember about those days of work? Um, again, those were the long days of taking forever and they really wanted to nail that one um and it was a big moment because you know sammy had done a lot of scheming during that time so it was a big build up and i remember asking Allie if she wanted me to really hit her <laughs> <laughs> and and she said yes so that was a you know is a, a real genuine let her have it I mean, we've run that photo, I think, at least twice a year since then. And also, it was one of the um, dual emojis that they used. You know, those, the Yay, little emojis I they saw made. that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's amazing well, how iconic it, it turned out to be. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that there is a more iconic slap in soap opera history. And you know, <laughs> there have been some slaps. There have been. There really, really have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'd love to interview your hand about what it was like. Yeah, well, there's been a few. I got to do that to Kate Mancy as well. And yeah, that was a good slap. <laughs> Did you like the dress? Your first, your first wedding gown? Loved it. Richard Bloor, who is now the costume designer at the studio again, and should be, he's got such exquisite taste and he really made an absolutely stunning dress. Yeah, he designs a ton of them. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. You know, that whole quadrangle and that whole storyline was, um, it, it was such a success for the show and the fans were so invested and there were so many soap opera digest covers. Like, mm -hmm. it was sort of a renaissance for the show, that, that era. Like, did you experience that yourself as one of the players or were you kind of not aware that it was making that kind of impact. I think just from the Soap Opera Digest covers, we knew that it must be um, doing something. There was a <laughs> lot of covers. Um, but again, that was pre-social media. And I think Deidre Hall told me, she just came up to me and said, do you know what, you know, how, what the ratings are in this? And it's, it's quite something. Because she obviously was told that sort of information, but I had never discovered how to find out about that but she she let me know so that was that was it, it was just purely some soap opera digest covers and Dieter Hall letting me know how many viewers were tuning in <laughs> that's it it's amazing it's amazing how different it was and yet that was the yeah. time there was the money and you were doing photo shoots like one a month if not more and you know yeah. Yeah. hair makeup styling all of that it was so amazing stylist amazing photographers it was great yeah. yeah I look at all those shots I'm like god that guy was really good that yeah. vacation and we had yeah there was a lot of money yeah <laughs> a little different um <laughs> well 
I actually remember this very clearly. You ended up leaving the show again in 1999 when Carrie and Mike went off into the sunset together. You were away from days for six years, but I do recall very specifically in your dressing room doing your exit interview. Um, and those were big years for you in terms of your personal life. You did a ton of traveling. You studied Shakespeare in London, and you met and married the love of your life, your husband, Thomas Barnes. So can you tell us about that time, about meeting Thomas, and just sort of what it was like for you after having been on the show for all that time? At that point, I think we were working so much. And I remember Jeannie Francis also telling me that travel was massively important. So Jeannie Francis just planted these little seeds. And I think I constantly thought about them. So I finished high school, then went back to days, then we worked consistently and a lot. Lucas, Sammy, Austin, Carrie. Um, and then the Mike situation. And I just think I was, I just needed to change and thought, let's go traveling and study Shakespeare and, and yeah, just enjoy my life a little bit. A lot of people take a gap year. So mm -hmm. it kind of felt like that sort of thing, but I was 25. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> um, yeah, just going to study at RADA was mind blowing. And I had a lot of friends there and it was, fun. Again, it felt like a college atmosphere and we were in little dorms in London. Um, and then I went to travel around Europe and I fairly quickly met Tom in Ibiza in Spain. And that's not where you'd normally meet a husband. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like Vegas. It's dance clubs on a beautiful island in Spain. And I think people start dating, but they don't typically get married. But anyway, um, he's very persuasive and very charming. And um, we met up back in England and he showed me the countryside because I really hadn't ventured outside of London very much. And so he just charmed me and we fell in love. And yeah, and then uh, he kind of convinced his business partner that he needed to open an office in California. And so we moved back. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, so you ultimately settled in San Francisco together. What mm -hmm. brought you there, and what was that you know period of, of time like for you? Sounds I I I, I bet it was fun. It was. <laughs> it like San Francisco has a lot of fun. I do. <laughs> I, uh, San Francisco did not suck. I love it. <laughs> um, I think the further I get up north in California, the more I like it. I guess growing up in Orange County and then LA and then going to San Francisco, um, it gets better and better in my opinion. Um, not everyone agrees with that, but I like the clean air and the food and that you can walk around the city. It's only seven by seven miles. And yeah, I mean, that was just kind of, it was time because I was auditioning, I think, and I was just hanging out with a lot of, my friends and I was missing being with Tom and he just said enough is enough. We, you know, let's start having babies and getting on with things. <laughs> so that was the reason for the move. Mm -hmm. um, well, you did reprise the role of Carrie from 2005 to 2006 and the show revived the Lucas, Sammy, Carrie, Austin quad. But this time Carrie married Lucas before ultimately reuniting with Austin and leaving town with him. So what was it like to reconnect with the old crew and get to work much more closely with your childhood crush, Brian Dottillo? <laughs> yes. I, 
I forgot about that. You just reminded me. Um, I did, I was looking for um, Lucas and Carrie like love scenes on YouTube, but there's none to be had. I remember like nearly being totally new, just the nipple pasties <laughs> doing a full on love scene with Brian. Um, again, I think at that stage, uh, I just loved Brian for, you know, his humor and he's just utterly charming and it was great to just test out the waters in a different way. You know, we did the Austin Carey thing for so long and it was nice to just do something different. I'm, I was always ready for just a little slight change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, it felt like a good, maybe six years was pretty much the same storyline over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> people were watching, so right. they kept doing it. If it ain't broke, as they say. Yeah. Uh, so by the time you returned to days, like the next time, you had started a family, and as you mentioned, you now have three daughters. Yeah. And in uh, 2018, you moved to England. So tell us about making that transition and about life there, which uh, is a far cry from Orange County. It's a far cry from Orange County. That's true. Um, I think in 2017, we decided that we were going to travel the world for a year because my husband had a highly stressful job and he just needed to take a sabbatical. And he decided to step away and let the see if the company could run without him. And it did. And we got to go travel around. Um, we went to each place for a month. We started in Costa Rica, Colombia, England, India, Bali, Thailand, um, Fiji, yeah, Japan. And it was absolutely thrilling. And we had a tutor travel with us. So the kids kind of got ready for the school in England. And he was an English, uh, English lovely man by the name of Freddie Fox. And he, um, he traveled with us the whole time. And the kids did school for six hours every day, which was great. So Tom and I could go explore and enjoy each other. And the kids were getting ready for school. Well, we did skip over a return that you made where this time you worked again with Patrick Muldoon. So what was it like for you to be reunited with him all those years later? Oh, Muldoon. I just, I adore him. So he, he just is one of those people like Drake that I just have a, a deep, deep connection with and will forever. Mm -hmm. um, I was over the moon to be with Patrick and get back to the Austin Carey, that, that version of it. I like both my Austins very much, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I was excited to go back to the original and just see what was there. And it was good, but I felt like they, they didn't write for him really well. Mm -hmm. He was very kind of, oh, I'm going to do whatever you want, Carrie, instead of being the fighter. Yeah. And he was a little wishy-washy. Yeah. yeah. Patrick didn't recognize the character. And he's like, what the hell? What is this? <laughs> so there we go. It doesn't but always work out. No, but they did bring back Green Mountain Lodge for that um, time, which was a very big part of the Austin and Carrie history. And that's where Abigail was running after him. Oh, yeah. Kate Mancy obviously was new to the show. And we took her under our wing and got her really pumped up and excited about acting. And she loved working with us. And we did 
we loved working with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a different storyline too. So that was just, I'm just up for new storylines, really. Well, you picked the wrong genre. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Were, were you ever jealous, speaking of, of like Allie getting to do all the soapy, devious things? You had to be the strong heroine who would never stoop to such levels? Uh, I think I would have been now. I don't think I was back then for whatever reason. I guess Carrie had a whole bunch of, she had like Lucas, Austin, and there was a guy named Alan. Like Mm -hmm. she seemed to have all the guys after her. So I always liked that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't jealous then, but now as an actress, thinking of all the fun and exciting things she did, I would much prefer to do that sort of thing. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's also be clear. Um, Alan, who was a rapist, was in love with Carrie. Lucas wanted Carrie, and Austin was with Carrie. So really, every story was the guy wanted Carrie, and then Sammy came in for him. Yes. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So good, good times. Yes. Um, Well, we've seen Carrie return for visits in recent years, including for Caroline Brady's memorial in 2019. So especially now that your life is so far, you know, literally and metaphorically from California, you know, what does it mean to you when the phone rings and it's days? Well, it's just a breath of fresh air because I'm full on mom um, and immersed in the life of my kids. So to have those little glimpses of going back to that creative fun life is intoxicating and exciting and so it always just gives me butterflies and I get instantly excited (laughs) and pumped up and start you know really taking care of myself and doing all those things that I should didn't do normally but somehow I forget when you know you're just mommy Mm -hmm. it's it's always a thrill when it happens Do your kids understand this part of your life, which is, you know, a little bit removed from them? Um, My eldest does. They're interested and intrigued by it, but um, no, my my little one just wants me to introduce her to Joey King or somebody that is like, popular on a Netflix movie, Kissing Booth, or Mm -hmm. she's like, can you, can you make the introduction because you work in LA? Um, so that's, that's as far as it goes. And they all want me to do something that, you know, kids of their age would know. Mm-hmm. They don't really know Days of Our Lives. They think over here, Days of Our Lives is only a fake show from Friends. Oh, right. <laughs> that's it. They don't, they don't know it. They, they say, oh, it's real? Yeah, yeah, it's real. <laughs> well, Joey, Joey's sister Hunter is on Young and the Restless, so maybe there's going to be an in there. You never know. <laughs> mm, yeah. They have um, a few days actors on the show. Back on uh, Friends. They had, they had Rourke Pritch, though. Yes. Yes. With Allie on it? Maybe? Allie was on it. Yeah. They, had, um, they had a Christian, Kyle Louder. They had a cocktail party at, at, where, at the house where people came. So there was a few different episodes where I was told I was on the list, but it just never happened. Damn. That would have been fun. That would have been fun. Yeah. yeah. Your kids would probably that, believe. Yeah. Believe. They, 
they would believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, now 2020 was obviously a rough year, um, but very rough year for you and your husband. You both were actually quite ill with COVID. So how was it and how are you doing now? Uh, we got it pretty bad. We were sick for 24 days, really sick. Um, we have no idea what the kids got up to for the first week. Um, and we were in separate areas because we didn't know he just arrived back from skiing. And I just said, I'm sick. You need to go over to the man cave. He has a man cave. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, we just got sick, same time, same thing. And yeah, it sucked. It was bogus. I'm sure you know many people that have had it. Some people get it bad and some don't. It's just bizarre. Um, long COVID, my husband had a headache for five months. Oh and I feel like my head just hasn't gone back to the organization and planning that I used to do. So I was very concerned about going back to days for Beyond Salem, thinking that I couldn't remember my lines like I used to. And I feel like that's on COVID, but that might be just drinking too much during lockdown. <laughs> I don't know. It's either COVID or having, you know, a few too many bottles of wine. Mm -hmm. So I was concerned and scared and having all those dreams that you have as an actor, like, well, I remember my lines and can I do it? Yeah. So um, yeah, it was good though, in the aspect of getting back to basics and kind of just reconnecting with the kids so the first lockdown was great here and then the one in the winter not so great it's just a mixed bag like i'm sure everybody i didn't have time to finish netflix like my husband did though he finished <laughs> all of netflix <laughs> we're gonna make a t-shirt i finished netflix what's next yeah that's really funny yeah um I think just with the online schooling and he, he was doing work as well. He wasn't just watching Netflix, but um, we, we joked about it. He was actually the chef in our house during that time. And he has mastered Szechuan cooking, um, which is difficult mm -hmm. and exciting to have in our own home. We would drive to London to get Szechuan, which is a, a very spicy tongue tingling, numbing pepper. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's mastered it now. So we, go yeah, Tom. So, I know. Go Tom. It's great. <laughs> do your three children like spicy peppers? They do. That's amazing. It is. It's only because they, they like his Szechuan cooking though. And now they can kind of take it across the board. Um, would you describe them as more American or more British? Like what are they like now? Your daughters? Definitely clinging to the American thing a little bit, but, the accents, which I'm sure you probably could hear from me, little inflections and things, but um, they definitely sound more British now, which I'm okay with. Yeah. So it's a nice accent. Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, okay. So, you know, other than having the actorly nightmares about not being able to retain dialogue, were you excited about the prospect of being part of Beyond Salem? Yeah. Just again, something different. I knew it was going to be a different storyline. I knew we were in um, a different location. I knew that I was working with some different people that I hadn't seen or worked with for a long time. And then I knew I was going to obviously work with um, Austin Peck. And that was great because I hadn't seen him forever. And I was really excited to see what he was up to and, um, and Lisa Renna. And just to do something different, the storyline is different. And it was exciting wardrobe there's a little more money i think i don't know if i can say that but there was 
<laughs> so it was all exciting. Mm -hmm. And just to go back for hair, makeup, and wardrobe, Richard Bloor is still there. And I knew he was going to, you know, get me fabulous costumes. And yeah, mm -hmm. but it, it's stricter now with COVID. So we didn't have that luxury of sitting in the chair and falling asleep and getting pampered with the hair and makeup. They can only give you 10 minutes. So you kind of have to do a prep yourself and then they fix you. <laughs> COVID, COVID times. How would you rate your skills? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a dro uh, dro how do you say it? Dro dry, dry bar. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. there we go. Oh. Tongue twister. Because I just, as you can see, don't do much. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, and, but the makeup, I was fine. I could, mm -hmm. I could do the base there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. What, what's it like to see Lisa Rinna's? For the first time in what 26 years yeah i did see her i saw her at a charity event so i've seen her okay. since and i got to we i went to her wedding and um it was great i love lisa and she really has always been that way like mm -hmm. that that thing that she is on you know beverly housewives um she she is that's her and she <laughs> hasn't really changed much so she's a funny lady mm -hmm. she gave me a lot of good advice about raising some girls because she has two gorgeous, lovely girls and um, gave me some good advice. And she gave me Lisa Reno um, lip kit, which I'm wearing now. Ooh. And my girls are like, what have you got on your lips? <laughs> <laughs> you oh, actually know two Beverly Hills housewives. I do. I know Eileen as well. <laughs> yes. And she's an absolute who and enjoyed working with her back in the day. Again, she was a a Drake love interest, mm -hmm. so Eileen's fabulous. Social media did go crazy over the photos you posted with Drake and then seeing you with Leanne Hunley. So what was it like to reunite and work with both of them again? Drake, we just fall right back into the rhythm. We just kind of glow from the inside, just seeing each other, hugging each other. And Leanne, I've always wanted to work with her, so I finally did, I think it was 2006, we finally got to work together because mm -hmm. I've been desperate for them to kind of go through that Carrie Anna storyline because you know she basically deserted Carrie back in the day and there's a lot of drama there so I was very excited to work with her again she's a fabulous actress very warm and giving and great fun to be with well Christy what can you tease for us about what fans can expect from Carrie on Beyond Salem well let's just say that Austin Carrie are having marital strife and it might be good for you to remember that <laughs> my last storyline, I may have slept with another man <laughs> um, in Salem at my grandma's funeral. But we were separated. Austin and I were separated. You can probably figure out who that might be. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's some drama brewing in, in Zurich. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, frankly, selfishly, I, I want to meet Noah. At some point, you know, the secret uh, child who we've never seen. Absolutely. Everybody does. Right. Everyone that I talk to now on social media, there are desperate. I'm desperate to meet Noah. Yeah. Like, That'd where, be nice. Where, where's he? How old is he? We don't even know. We don't know. I don't know. I bet he's adorable. <laughs> Me too. He probably was rapidly aged in the time we took to like have the conversation about how old he is. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm sure he's 18. I'm sure he's 18. Yeah. Yeah. He can mix well, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed that it's just a matter of time before he becomes, you know, a key heartthrob in Salem. It's just such a, a, an opportunity waiting to be mined, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know. They need more of those 18-year-olds over there. I agree. <laughs> like you were. Part of the Brady. Um, now, it's utterly insane to say this, but and we did talk about the date, but it was 35 years ago that you began playing Carrie. So can you try to put into words like what the job has meant to you over the years and the place the show holds in your heart? Wow. 35 years. That's a long time <laughs> when you say that. I knew it was in the, the 30s. I didn't quite know it was 35. So, um, yeah, it's just so bizarre and so um, such a wonderful experience when I tell people that I grew up on a soap opera and I really did grow up on the soap opera. They just kind of trip out and don't believe me. But it's just, it's been so much fun to, I really had two lives in a way because I worked all the time as a child on Days of Our Lives. And I feel like Drake and Dee and all them, they're family. Mm -hmm. And Peggy McKay, she was my grandma, as well as my real grandma's. So it's, it's very bizarre. And Allie feels like a sister to me. And Patrick is like a, a forever friend. And Austin and Brian DeTillo, I just, I just, it's just a bit of a trip. It's a bit of a... They used to have flashbacks on the show, and we used to stare off in space. <laughs> it just makes me feel like it's just such a um, a weird experience, and I'm very fortunate as an actor to have 35 years on a show. Amazing. It is. I, yeah. I love, by the way, that you, you I know, got to see um, Allison Sweeney when you were in California because she posted mm. such an awesome Wine Wednesday photo of you of memory serves. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, we, I, I was desperate to see her and her kids and I call it, um, Megan, little, little Allie, cause my God, spitting image. And then Ben is spitting the image of Dave. It's very bizarre and very cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, I was just so excited that she said, come to the house and we had dinner and she showed me her wine cellar, which is something out of Stefano Demira's wine lair. I would... <laughs> It's amazing. I'm glad I brought red because I was about to bring white because it was a hot day, but she likes her red. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this day. Um, yeah, we had so many stories to tell. Uh, we tried to fill in the blanks a little bit. There's a lot of kind of gaps of things we don't remember. And she's like, do you remember that? Can you re refresh my memory? And I'm like, nope, I can't. Um, we just had <laughs> a lot of art, Christy. Uh, not enough Mozart and too much red wine. <laughs> um, so we just have a lot of the same stories. We were there for a lot of the same experiences mm -hmm. and it's fun to get it from her perspective and then mine and then combine them. And now, you know, we're pretty much on the same page as far as I like Mozart now too. So <laughs> all comes full circle. It comes full circle. <laughs> well, you are such a beloved figure today's fans. Uh, before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to say directly to those viewers, many of whom have been watching you since 1986? Well, thank you for sticking with the show and for loving our characters and loving our stories. And I adore you. It's nice to finally connect with all these people from around the world because now you can on Twitter and, and Instagram and Facebook. Um, so lots of love and thanks for loving us. Thank you so much for joining us today, especially from across the pond. We are excited to see you on Beyond Salem and hopefully in Salem proper soon. Yeah. Yay. Thank and you, it's ladies. always great to talk to you, Christy, and catch up. You too. All right. Bye. Thanks. Have a good night. Yeah, you <laughs> too. Bye. Okay. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Christy Clark for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.